This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hello, everyone. Nice to be back. It's been a it's been a little while since I've posted an episode. I was away a few times, a few trips. Didn't really get a lot of uh, episodes banked, but I have a new one, and I have new sound equipment, recording equipment. So it's my third incarnation of recording equipment. I'm also going to do my plugs at the beginning of the show now because I feel like people don't listen to them at the end. So I'll do this quickly. I will be in San Francisco September 19th and 20th at Cobbs. Then the 24th, I'll be in Los Angeles at the Ice House. October, I'm going to be in Europe. And I'm also going to be in D.C. at the Benson Ball. So you can go to toddberry.com and uh, see all these dates. And uh, here's my talk with Jason Narducci from Super Chunk, from the Bob Mold Band, from his own band called Split Single. This is Jason Narducci. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Todd. Jason Narducci. I am saying your name right, right? You know, it used to be Narducci. Uh, my great-great-grandfather spelled it N-A-R-D-U-C-C-I, but he couldn't get work in America because they were prejudiced against Italians. So what is <laughs> Am so I saying it wrong? So he changed it to C-Y, and it's pronounced Narducci. Really? Yeah. But I, I don't always correct people because it, it is a, an odd name, and it used to be Narducci. So. I, think you should, I think it's all right to correct people. It's your name, right? It's my name, but it used to be C-C-I, so it's sort of—the thing is I'm not— I'm such a mutt. I'm maybe like one eighth Italian. Uh huh. <laughs> so it's not like my uh, my pride comes out. And it, right. You don't make a good uh, batch of gnocchi or anything. No, I'm not good at that at all. <laughs> um, we're you're two hours away from sound checking with Bob Mold. Yes. I'm going to that show tonight. That's great. This, is gonna, ra- be, this is gonna come out after the. This is coming out. This will later. probably come out tonight. No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, you're going to air this podcast tonight? Why not? Then I can't say who this special guest is. Oh, you have a special guest? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it'll come out after. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you don't want to say the special guest. Okay. But I think I know. Do I know the special guest? It rhymes with Ryan Adams. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But I can't tell you who it is. <laughs> well, I feel like I might be able to figure that out after. <laughs> I'll do a Google search and then I'll see what thing, what rhymes with Ryan yeah. Adams. So what what is a uh, what is a Bob Mold sound check like? When we're touring, it's often very quick. I know we did uh, in 2012. Our sound checks would uh, include us playing half of Hoover Dam, uh-huh. and then we would leave. Really? Yeah. But right now we're at the beginning of a tour, and we're trying to really shake up the set list. So we are often delving into Bob's catalog, even playing some covers sometimes, and just seeing what feels good. How many does he? So he just mixes up every night. 
We have been, yeah. That's not when I first toured with Bob Mole in two thousand five. It was the exact same set list for every show, and I've been encouraging him to shake it up because his fans, you know, his fans are like real fans. They love all the records, and you know, right. But I guess you get in a little groove and you go, this song kind of goes nicely into this song. Exactly. And I can remember that this song comes after this song. Yeah, I understand that. And sometimes we do that. But I think for this tour, it'd be cool to shake it up. And the fans have been reacting. Does he call any audibles on stage? Yes. That's my favorite sports term. (laughs) I don't follow sports, but I love saying calling audibles. Yeah. I remember seeing R.E.M. way back, and they would like have a little conference between songs. Oh, that's cool. You'd see them just sort of huddle. I just saw the Pixies in February, and Frank Black, Charles, would go to the back of the stage to a microphone near the drummer. And I thought it was a microphone to, like, his crew or to the monitor uh-huh. guy to, like, ask for more kick drum in his monitors. But I find out that it's a microphone to all the other band members, and he's telling them what song is next. Really? No set list. I didn't even know. Uh... Oh, so he... no set list. No set list, and he just walks back there. It's like a huddle without the huddle. See, that's, I would have guessed of all people, I felt like the Pixies are on a reunion tour, like, it's a Just the Hits tour. And playing full albums. Oh, they do. Yeah. So they're playing some stuff. No, it's, there's too much So he walks around. That's interesting. It is interesting. So does it, are people like, why are you going to the microphone? I think it's like in between songs where the lights are a little bit dimmer. And so I don't think people notice so much, but people like me that are geeky about a show and what's on stage and all those types of things. I feel like they're going to update. Uh, maybe they do have an updated set list technology, like with like a teleprompter or something. That'd I guess cool. people use teleprompters. Yeah, they do. Who uses a teleprompter? Got any gossip? <laughs> well, everybody knows that Springsteen does. Does he? But he really changes up his set from like you know two hundred pulling from like hundreds of songs or something. But he's he's really good at it. He places it. Where his below where his hand is on the guitar, so it looks like he's looking at his guitar. Really? So, so he's people, reading the words. The placement is sort of key, you know, because either it looks like you're reading or it looks like you're looking at the guitar. How does he? Uh, is it weird to think that he should remember his songs? But I guess he's had eight thousand songs. Maybe when you have that many, yeah. Maybe I. And I bet he doesn't know. use it for every song. Right. Yeah. I actually just recently used a teleprompter. For what? Are you familiar with the AV Club? Yes, you yes. are. I saw you in Chicago do the AV Club thing. They asked me, they asked Split Single, my solo band, to do an undercover thing. Uh-huh. They have like a list of right, yeah. And I looked at the at the list, and in a big country by Big Country is on. I love that song. That is a good song. I've learned I could play that right now, like without even looking up the chords or the words or anything. And my wife said that's too easy. Don't do that. And so I picked this TV on the radio song that I like, um, Wolf Like Me. It's called. And I kind of didn't listen to it or try to learn it, and I went on tour with Bob Mould and printed out the lyrics for my flight because I thought, well, on the flight I'll start kind of digging into this because it's in the AV Club thing is in two days. Right. I get out the lyrics on the plane, and it's two pages of lyrics that don't repeat themselves. Ooh. And they're really good, so you can't, you know, like mess them up. Right. You can't just wing it. So I got a hold of Josh at AV Club and. I texted him, I said, is it In a Big Country still available? <laughs> and he said, nope, another band did it. Oh. And I said, can I bring, you know, huge poster board with the lyrics? You know, he's like, most bands just write them on the ground and they just look at them. And I just said, I don't I don't think I could pull that off. I think I, oh, I would look kind of silly doing that. And then he went and got me a teleprompter. An actual teleprompter. An actual, that he prompted. 
himself. And we had to kind of learn. He was reading it backwards because they're flipped. That's a mirror image. Uh-huh. And so he had to learn the pace at which the song, like we had. Oh, my God. Quite a production. He should have just let you do a different version of in a big country. <laughs> well, hopefully it turned out okay. But I'm looking straight ahead reading. I think that's a little bit better than looking down. This is pretty punk rock. I think there's some vacuuming going on outside <laughs> my uh, my hallway. Yeah. But, you know, it's a New York City podcast, and people are used to it by now. Usually there's sirens. Mm-hmm. I guess I should get, um, nah, I was going to say I should get something to block that out, but how do you do that? I don't know. Move to a place where they don't vacuum the hallways. That's what I should do. <laughs> That's what I should do. So sound check, how long? So what, half hour, hour? We'll be longer now with our guest. Yeah. And, um, and we're still kind of throwing songs up in the air to try try out. Like in D.C. a couple of days ago, we played Up in the Air, an old Who's Could You song that we'd never played. And we uh-huh. played Real World, an old Who's Could You song. And yeah, so we're just trying to mix it up. I heard... Um, Lou Reed used to do six-hour sound checks. That's absurd. I heard that from one person. Maybe it's not true. Could or maybe true. he did it that one time. Yeah. But well, sometimes sound check is rehearsal for, yeah. you know. If they go, yeah, guys all just flew in that yeah. day. Yeah. That's a good point. You guys don't rehearse. He also so. used go to ahead. sort of talk. Yeah. That's why, I mean. So it's not like he's going to blow out his voice. That's right. Like that's kind of like, what are you doing in the six hours? What's what's going on in that six hours? Yeah. But it's not for me to say. No. You guys, you said you told me yesterday you came to a killer gig I did in Jersey City last night. I did. It was a barn burner. It was tough to get in. It was tough to get in, and decide which of the eighty-five, uh, on a, I mean eighty-five available seats you wanted to sit in, and it's twice that. There were three times I mean. <laughs> That would have been better if it came out smoother, if I got the number better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you told me you guys have rehearsed a total of five times. Yeah. How do you, I don't understand how you do that. The three of us live in three different cities. Yeah. And when John, John joined the band in 2008 in the middle of a tour. Yeah, I read that and I read Bob Moult's book. Yeah. And so I think that sort of like just triggered something in all our heads like, well, if we can do that. We don't rehearse before we record a record. You know, Silver Age and Beauty and Ruin were recorded just us showing up at the studio and wow. three of us standing in the room and Bob sort of teaching us the song and then us giving feedback about tempo and arrangements. And That's probably good because you don't get bored with it. It's true. Not there's that you get bored with it, well, but you know a, what I mean. Yeah, there's a cool spontaneity that happens and you don't have a whole lot of time to overthink or to, you know. Plus, we kind of know Bob's musical language. Right. You know, we grew up with his music and... Do you learn the songs like on your own? Do you do you? Go I didn't home? have the demos for Beauty and Ruin before we recorded, so I just learned them as we were. Wow! There, yeah, I could join this band. <laughs> Please, I should totally join this band. Like, hey, I heard you guys don't rehearse. I, I, <laughs> sounds good to me. That's your requirement. I'd love to a join a band that doesn't rehearse. Yeah, when I played music, I I didn't rehearse on my own, and it you know it showed a little bit. We played together, you and I. We rocked Chicago. We rocked Chicago. Was that for, um, was that, what was it? Was that part of the Just for Last Festival? I think it I was. I think so. It was an AV Club show. With Mac. With Mac. From Super Chunk. Mac from Super Chunk. You from Super Chunk. And then, was it just, was there a fourth person? No, it was three. It was me. Yeah. And I remember we learned a few, we learned a Super Chunk song, an undertone song. Yes. And then a song by your band from, what was that band called again? Verboten. Verboten. Yeah. Yeah, they sent me these links. Max sent me these links, and, I, and I'm looking at it. It was a YouTube link, yeah. and I see, like, a boy, an actual 
child playing. It's like, oh, this is cool. There must be some band that people knew about and that's kids and it's cool. And then I realized it was you. Yeah. Actually all grown up. That was really cool. That was a weird time. I, I, you know, uh, How old were you in that video? I was 11 in that video. Wow. Yeah. We were playing Cubby Bear opening up for Naked Ray Gun and Rights of the Accused. How do you get a gig when you're 11? Like, how do you know how to get a gig? Um, I didn't. Um, but our singer, uh, this woman named Tracy Bradford, was a just massive personality. She's uh-huh. very charismatic. And she would go to all these punk rock shows and meet people and was friends with Rights of the Accused. And she would get us gigs. It was kind of incredible. How many, how long were you guys together? Two years. So right into puberty then. Not quite for me. (laughs) (laughs) What was the age range? Oh, Uh, It was one year up. So I was 10 when we started. Zach, the drummer, was 11. Chris, the bassist, 12. And Tracy, 13. And then went up. Tracy might have been two years older, actually. But, um, yeah, up one year, each band member. That's great. It's great because I saw it. I was like, oh, this guy's still doing it. You know what I mean? He's like, oh. Because you know, there's probably some people they see kids and they're like, oh, they're not going to continue. Yeah. Fucking, you did it. Well, I took it. Yeah, I, I chilled out for a while. I, I lost uh, a little bit of interest after that. And oh, you did? was a middle school boy playing basketball. But... By the time high school came, yeah, you can't uh, really drop out of middle school. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom, I'm dropping out of middle, middle school. I've got this band. When yeah. you're 18, we can have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no one drops out of middle school to join a band. Maybe um, they do. I meant I dropped out of music. Like Maybe one. Di- oh, really? You didn't, you didn't play at all? No. Yeah. For how many years? Probably three or four. Oh wow. Yeah, that's interesting. So I did have that was my retire my early retirement. Then I came back when I was 15, roaring back. That's so great because you're still so young that you can start, you could have started at 15. Right, yeah. Did you play guitar in that band or were you mm-hmm. bass also? Yeah, I'm a guitarist. Oh, you mainly consider yourself a guitarist? Yeah, I mean, I guess with, with Bob and, and uh, Super Chunk, I've played so much with them that I'm feeling more comfortable with the bass, but it's not my first instrument. And you have this band Split Single, which I listened to it today. It's oh, like cool. a nice 32-minute album. That's yeah, nice. Ten, 10 short songs. That's. I mean, I don't mean to say, like, I want to hear less of it, but it, for my attention span, when I saw that, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's the way they used to do it. Weren't albums used to be like 27 minutes, right, or 30 minutes? Yeah, those Beatles records are like 20, 28. Yeah, if I get it, you know, sometimes I, uh, well, I'll go on e-music and I'll go, hey, you know, I don't really know much about, I don't know enough about Joy Division. And then I find like the Unknown Pleasures albums, like the remixed uh, yeah. deluxe edition, 174 minutes. It's like, I don't, I don't. You just want a taste. Yeah, I just want a little, yeah. I want like a nice 45-minute taste. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, I'm not ready for B-sides. My- <laughs> My favorite Circle Jerks record is 15 minutes long. Really? Group sucks. Yeah. You know, I was in a band that opened for the Circle Jerks. Oh, really? Yeah. Is this mm-hmm. the band in Florida? One of the bands in Florida. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I've told this story before. I told this on Marin's podcast. I listened but, to that. I like that. That was really good. Oh, thank you. But uh, yeah, we we, uh, we opened for the Circle Jerks and like uh, American Legion Hall and one of those type cool. places. And uh, it was just funny because we'd play a song that would be nothing when we were done like no booing but no applause it was just like wow you guys yeah just complete like we're gonna stare at you we're not gonna boo you 
or else not going to pop. Is that worse than being booed? It's, it was amused. I remember being amused by it and making jokes. I think I was saying how we were going to stay up there and extra long now. But I even they back gave the, the drummer a mic. I did. I yeah. Any band I was in, they had to give me a mic. Wow. And not rehearse. And not rehearse. Yeah, I always wanted to rehearse more, but I, maybe I did. Not on your own, though. Yeah, and then just like sitting alone in a room. Yeah. It's different for drummers. I wonder if, uh, I think Worcester, he must practice, right? He does, yeah. That's good. You got to have someone practicing. Well, we, I think we all do, just not together. I know. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that. So you're on this tour. Yeah, Bob Mold tour, new record, Beauty and Ruin. And, um, Is that on Merge? It's on Merge Records. Yeah, uh-huh. they, they put out some good music merch. They do. They do. I'm I was fan. just listening to Mount Mariah. Do you know Mount Mariah? Yeah. I like the that. female voice? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. The... I think their singer sings on the most recent Super Chunk record. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she sings... Uh, on I Hate Music. I don't remember the song, but I think she sings back in Keeping it in the family, the yeah, Merge family. Yeah. What's, uh, how long is this tour? I go home October 1st, so including the Minneapolis thing, it's about five weeks. You did a state fair the other night. We did. That, yeah, when I'd heard you were playing a state fair, John told me, I was like, wow, that's, that's not your typical state fair act. Exactly, it's, yeah. I mean... The way that Bob tells the story is that his managers brought him the offer and they were sort of chuckling, like, you don't want to play the State Fair, do you? And he's like, oh, yeah, because yeah. the Minnesota State Fair is so, right. so different, you know. There was 200,000 people there. At the show? At the fair. At the fair? That day. Yeah. And then the grandstand where we played was a separate ticket entrance. But there was, I mean, I don't know what the number was, but it was, if it wasn't 10,000, it was close to it. Yeah, I saw a picture. It looked very... Uh... Look very crowded. I would think that's one of those gigs you'd want to do just, like, just to know what it feels like. Yeah, we've done festivals before, but that oh, you mean just because it's a state, state fair? fair you're yeah. just like, yeah, of course I'm going to do. That. I'm going to get to do one state fair. The smells alone. You yeah, know, like, did you, you roam around at all? I didn't because uh, that amount of people makes me very uncomfortable. Two hundred thousand people with elephant ears in their hands. Two hundred thousand white people. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw, actually, coincidentally, a few days ago, I watched one of those, Andrew Zimmern, you know, uh, he's the guy who eats unusual foods or Yeah, I have, I've actually weird foods. eaten at his, uh, I forgot he's got a Chicago restaurant, right? Does he? I've eaten there, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. But uh, he went to the Minnesota State Fair. Oh, did he? Yeah. So I showed some goats. Ate some corn. Well, that's the thing. They, they have, like, the birthing area. I'm about to talk about Yeah, you were talking about yeah. this last night. Like, where you so, watch livestock give birth. Yeah. And there's, there's a building these... named for that, and that's what happens inside. You sit there and watch. I didn't, but people do. You could. <laughs> I just wonder about the timing. Like, do they make sure that they're mating nine, you know, however many months before the state fair? So that yeah, you don't want it to be like a bad. It's, uh, it's a bad day at the birthing center. It's, they're just sitting around. They're not doing There's no anything. action. There's, There's no, no birthing. There's no goats being born. But that looked like a. It looked like it'd be fun to check it out. So you didn't walk around. It was an on. experience. Well, Bob and I ran over to the um, the radio station area where they interviewed us briefly the current is, uh-huh. the, is the radio station there and um so we got to peek a little bit at you know the mobs of people and the crazy foods in their hands they said the number one food sold there was cookies they they kept kind of uh they go coming up the number one food it might not be what you think at the state fair 
And I got to say, I wasn't ready for cookies. No, and you, but you waited for the I end. did wait. Yeah. They, that totally worked. Yeah. I did not change the channel. You were baited. I needed that payoff yeah. to find out it was Was it a cookie, cookie on a stick? No, it was just like Fried a bucket of cookies. A bucket of cookies. Yeah. It was, uh, and then they had all this, this crazy uh, cake competition. Oh, wow. And those are like a woman who, who was, uh, had been judging it for 40 years. Like she just does like pound cake or something like that's her specialty, but she'll judge all the others. She's happy to judge. I don't know if they let her uh, step out of her comfort zone, do like croissants or something. <laughs> she can't judge croissants. So what is a uh, is you guys tour in a car or a van? It varies. Or? We fly a lot. Oh yeah, um, that's comic style. Yeah, right. We've talked. We have a lot of. I have a, a weird airplane thing that happened recently. What? Uh, what's we, that? I feel like every time we see each other, we talk about airplane experiences. I always talk about airplane experiences. <laughs> the um, I was sitting next to a guy. We were going to L.A. to do the Jimmy Kimmel thing, and um, the guy sitting next to me, I, th I feel like what put me at ease was I immediately recognized that he's one of those people that just has no idea what his body movements, right. what the ramifications are of his body movements. Yeah. For instance, I asked him if, because I was in the window seat and he was in the aisle seat, if I could get up to use the bathroom. And he got up, and but then stood in the aisle in such a way that I could not get out still. <laughs> like it would have been easier to climb over him. I could have just hopped over, yeah. So he's standing there, and I, I, said, you know, I said, excuse me, and he just didn't move. So I kind of just barreled past him because uh -huh. that just felt like an invitation. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you supposed to do? Right, and then I, when I get back to my seat, I'm not using the, the arm rest that we share. Uh -huh. He is, which is fine. But he's still touching my arm. It's like so far over the armrest that he's touching my arm. Was he a big person? Medium, maybe six feet. Um, and then he got the, what do they call it, the gambler's leg? Where it's like con constantly bouncing. Oh, I leg. have that. I never heard it called gambler's leg. And it's like hitting my leg. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. just thought, okay, this guy just has, he's not trying to upset me. He just has no idea what his body, how it, Did you, you know. say anything to him? I didn't. Yeah, I just like, let it go. yeah. How long a flight was it? Four and a half hours. Oh my god! It's <laughs> a nice little massage you got. Do you ever for have the people hours. who are getting in the seat behind you and they grab the head? Yeah. And, and then they let it snap. What is that? There's been a lot of uh, flights diverted lately because people are upset over the reclining seat. Yeah. What's your take on that? My take is that uh, I mean I saw a good New York Times editorial where the guy's like, "Oh, you want me to not recline? You don't want me to recline? Then you pay me." I paid for a reclining seat. They have a button on the seat. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's weird to say you can't recline. Well, the seat reclines. I didn't fucking break the hinges on it or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, and is is this the same article? I didn't read it, but Bob was reading it to us. <laughs> Some article where the guy said it infringed on his laptop that was on the table. The you know the what do they call that? A the tray table. Tray table. Yeah. Because. You don't, it's a laptop, put it on your lap. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And also, don't get a flight diverted over. Also, well, like, that's, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that hour of the other people on the flight after they found out that those two people just ruined their day. Like, was there just, I could see it sort of exploding, you know, like. The, yeah, I mean, because you, you don't know, I would be livid. And also, what if someone had to go to a funeral or something and, and some fucking idiot. Business. Like, I mean, and also, the, the woman who was complaining about, the, at least in this one case, she's the one who said, asked for the flight to be diverted. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's just crazy. Is she the one that threw the water in his face? 
Maybe. They had, yeah, there was like three within like a week period of... Uh, but, the, you know, there's... I, that, then I would speak up. If I if there was an hour before we touched down and these two people ruined it, I would talk to... The, I would try to just drive them insane because they ruined my day. Yeah, I mean, that flight... It's one thing to argue on a plane, but to like, oh, we're not going to be going to Palm Beach now. We're going to be going to Jacksonville. Right. For... Until we remove some. You're from Florida, so you know the difference. I know the difference between Palm Beach. (laughs) There used to be a great club in Jacksonville for music. I played in Jacksonville in 2011, and I liked it more than I thought I would. There was a place called Einstein and Go-Go there Mm, that was like run by this family, this really nice family. But I remember when my band played down there, I remember the deal specifically. It was $3 cover, and they gave you two out of every $3. That's a good deal. And it was like a happening club, so people would just show up, and you're like, we wouldn't be like, Oh my God, we're like the richest band in the world. That's great. Just made fucking eight hundred dollars in two shows. But uh, but yeah, it was better deal than almost every other. <laughs> Just one of those things. Where we're like, oh, we're really nice, so we're gonna treat you different than everyone. Sometimes else. it works. So you guys tour. How are you touring on this one? Like you doing? So with this one, we uh, Bob and John and I will travel separate from the crew, who have a truck with all the gear, and we'll get like a town and country, you know, like a big minivan. Uh huh. And I'll likely be driving. Really? Yeah, I like to drive. You do like to drive? Not at night, but during the day, I love to drive. Yeah. What's What's the night? Why don't Why not? I get ti- get I'm, fall asleep. I get tired. Yeah, yeah. I, I get fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I'm never in danger of that. I recognize that I'm, I've hit a wall, and I just uh-huh. say, I can't. What's the longest drives you guys will do? Do you have like a standard where it's like if it's over this amount, we're gonna? I think we're playing Detroit and then driving to Milwaukee, so it's pro- that's seven, and I think that's the only long one the rest were fine seven is long yeah seven you feel seven long. like when you just hear it's seven hours but then you like when you're in the middle of it you're like three and a half hours in you're like i'm only halfway yeah but when i'm not performing that night i can i can drive a long ways i can go i can go all day and you guys get hotels you're not yeah you're not sleeping not on a bus yeah you're not on a bus we sometimes do that in europe do the bus yeah and sleep on the bus yeah those buses are all right. They're comfy. Yeah. Do you take venue showers? Yes. Still or only when you're on a bus? Bus. Yeah. Yeah, that venue shower. I've Not done always great. Once. Not always great. But sometimes, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you should do a little website of all the best venue yeah, showers. Yeah. <laughs> I'll publish a book. I think a, a book would do really well. So you guys, um, you guys, what do you listen to when you're driving? The three of you. We tend not to listen to music. I would say I've heard that from a lot of bands. Yeah. Like podcasts and stuff. Us, you know, maybe we, gosh, this might just be why we just don't drive that much. Because I I remember in 2005 when I was touring with Bob, we listened to XMU all the time. It was on all the time. It was brand new then. Uh-huh. And we just, nonstop. But yeah, lately I think we just kind of, Bob is sometimes doing phoners uh-huh. and John is reading. Reading on a on it while driving, then that can't. Uh, you know, like, he likes a rock doc, likes and he likes a rock bio. Yeah, I was just thinking of getting car sick reading on a. He's got one of those. Uh, he's got the Kindle. Yeah. You don't get car sick with the Kindle. I don't have one. <laughs> Let's call John because this is. This is a pressing point here. <laughs> we need to get past this. So you're doing New York. And then you go to Boston, then you come back to New York? Yeah, we have two Bowery ballrooms. Go to Boston for the Paradise. 
go to then come back to Brooklyn Music Hall on Saturday. That's a pretty standard thing where that people do Bowery and the Music Hall. I guess There's it's the so same many people, people, right? In Brooklyn now. I know it's so separate. That's a nice place, that Music Hall. Yeah, I played there. I like it. And Bowery um, Ballroom's quite nice, also. And then John, Sunday morning, John and I fly to Chicago to play with Super Chunk at Riot Fest, and then. Monday, go to Cleveland to meet up with Bob to start back on the tour. Holy shit. And we're playing the next eight nights in a row. It's like being a comedian. I'm just always going to compare it to being a comedian. <laughs> Except, you, you don't sweat on stage, though, do you? I don't sweat on yeah. or off stage. <laughs> you never sweat? No, except when it's, yeah. No, I, I don't sweat. <clears throat> I, I, if there's, you know, I remember sweating in, in a club in Memphis because there was no air conditioning, being drenched. That felt very, uh, Felt very rock and roll. It happened once then for you. Yeah, I've sweated once yeah. on stage in 26 years. That's not bad. And you remember the city it was in. I do remember it was Memphis. I do remember that. Um, and then you tour Europe. After then we're going to Europe in November. Yeah. And there's some split single and super chunk shows coming up too. Oh. Actually, a big split single is playing um, November 21st in Chicago at Lincoln Hall. Oh, that's uh, a nice place, yeah. Lincoln Hall. Yeah. WXRT show, so we're oh, really cool. very flattered. And how do you? Uh, that's sort of. Would you describe it as a power pop band? Um, I think there's a couple power pop songs on the record, but um, I guess I wouldn't. A lot of people do, and I'm okay with it. But um, I think the first four songs are not power pop, and song five is definitely power pop. There was one on there you mentioned, and I couldn't hear it, but where you said you kind of. Uh... Were influenced by a Nick Lowe song? Yeah, Fragmented World. I'll have to listen again. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I should. I'm... Do you like Nick Lowe? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. You know that fan. song, American Squirm? Yeah. It sounds a lot like that. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to that again. Fragmented World is a minute 50, and it's sort of my Neil Innes song. Remember Neil Innes from Monty Python? Yeah. He wrote all the Ruddle songs, and you could tell like which Ruddle song was which Beatles song. And that song is, you know, like the beginning is Cheap Trick and Nick Lowe. And the chorus is Marquee Moon by Television. The outro of the chorus is uh, <laughs> We Can Work It Out by the Beatles. And the oh, my song. God. Yeah, a lot of pending lawsuits on this totally, one. Totally, yeah. And then the arrangement is very Robert Pollard. You know, minute 50, I mean, no bridge, get out. Now, you were in his band, I, I understand. you. That's were... how I met John Worcester, yeah. Ah. I was touring in 2005 with uh, Bob Mould, and I met John in North Carolina, and John was already in the Bob Pollard solo band after Got It By Voices broke up in 2004. They hadn't played any shows, but Pollard had said, you're the drummer and Tommy Keene is the guitarist. And so they asked me to be the bassist uh, for the first solo tour with Robert Pollard. And um, I'll never forget his manager emailing me the writer. Uh-huh. And uh, it's, it's the Got It By Voices writer, and it's five cases of Miller Lite and two-fifths of Cuervo or something and pizzas. That's it. And he said, do you want to add anything to that? Which is nice that they're offering yeah. the band. And I just thought, well, if I have a friend come to the show, maybe I want to hand them a, an okay beer. So I said, six-pack of Heineken? You know, I was oh, there wasn't good be, beer? It was um, it's all Miller Lite, oh, five Miller cases Lite. of Miller Lite. Which is okay, but it's not really my taste, you know. It's very watered down yeah. beer. And I did but I didn't want to be too like You don't want to be pushy. selective. You right. know, like so I said six pack of Heineken. And he wrote back, um, okay, but you know, just to warn you, Bob might make fun of you for that. And I thought, 
that's peculiar. A couple weeks pass, and he sends me the thing again. What did you say you wanted to do? I was like, six-pack of Heineken if it's okay, you know? And he writes back, oh, okay, I got to warn you. Bob will probably make fun of you from the stage about that. I just thought, this is going to go horribly, <laughs> you know? And so I wrote back 12-pack of Heineken. That's right. <laughs> I have to make twice during the show. You'll yeah, have to yeah, make fun I'm going to be made fun of. Um, and so we got to Bob's house in Dayton, Ohio for the first rehearsal. And uh, I think Bob will be okay with me saying this. He's just hammered. He's he's at home drinking with his buddies. Uh, the guy who asked for five cases yeah, of beer was he, hammered. <laughs> and why would it be upset about me saying that? Um, and we all show up from our different cities and he's really drunk and, and basically stands in front of us and says, okay, we're going to open up with Denied nah, 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 and sings the whole song. And then he goes, and then the next song we're going to do is, you know, whatever, and sings the whole song. And I'm sitting there going, I think Bob Pollard's going to perform for me for two hours tonight, right now. <laughs> you know, That's a command performance. Yeah, yeah, which was cool. But then you're thinking, I, I don't, this could go on. This for was in his house? In his house. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. He had other buddies around drinking. And we just, you know, we just got into town. We're just sort of like, wow, here we are at Bob Pollard's house. Thankfully, after three songs, he, he wrapped it up and he actually went to bed kind of early. He hit and a little wall there? He hit a wall. And uh, Dave Phillips, the guitarist who used to play with Frank Black, was up and he and I were chatting and he goes, oh, did you, because uh, he got there before me, did you see Bob's refrigerator? And I said, no. And he walked me into the kitchen, opens up the refrigerator. There's two rows of Miller Lite and a row of Heineken. Oh. And I said, what is that? It's a hypocrite. Yeah, well, yeah. So that's the first thing that crossed my mind. Yeah. And Dave goes, he got that for you. Aww. So I thought, this is going to go very well. That's nice. Yeah. That's a nice twist. Yeah, it was cool. Because like how really when you think like, you're going to make fun of me because I asked like, is the crowd going to go crazy when you go, hey, uh, right. one, one of our guys wanted uh, Heineken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where's this? Where's the joke? <laughs> so f case, how, case, is that 24 cans of beer in yeah, a case? five cases. So that's 120 beers? Impressive drinker, that man. I mean, he is, he's got the constitution of an ox. And still? Does he still do that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he drinks that much. Um, I last saw him maybe a couple years ago. And, and he uh, lives in like Dayton? He lives in Dayton, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he was from he a, Dayton. And he was a teacher for a while. A teacher, a, an amazing athlete. He was, uh, uh, I think in college he pitched a no hitter. Um, yeah, the guy's a force of nature. Nice guy? Yes. I like him a lot. You got your Heineken, man. He got me my Heineken. I gave you a glass of uh, sink water. <laughs> Dude, do you have anything on your rider now? That's, uh... I usually just ask for a six-pack of beer. You know? Yeah. John and Bob don't drink, so uh, it's like water and juice. and. Yeah, I always feel guilty. Like, I feel like uh, just... But then if you don't ask, then they'll sometimes it'll be like absolutely nothing. And you're right. Like, Really, you didn't think you didn't want to get a bottle of water, right? Right. right. You, you didn't even you think, just thought I didn't want to drink any water. We'll put like gum and batteries and Cliff bars, you know, just things that you sort of run out of, right? But it's really minimal. We have a very small writer because you pay for that stuff, right? Sure. It's part of the deal, and I, I think it's just like a respect thing, you know, like you don't want to be like uh, make them spend six hundred dollars, and we just don't even need that stuff, right. you know, like some fancy champagne or something. What about for tonight? Because I'm going to be there. Tonight we have a very unique rider. Do you have all my favorite foods? Yeah. Do, you have, do you have all my favorite snack chips? <laughs> do 
have all. There's a really good soda that I like. That can you fax it over? Because we can. You can only get it. In, this is one store in. Uh, in uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm dealing with this. Do you know the whole Chuck Berry thing about his rider? No, I know that he has he has like fines written into his rider. Yes. Like if you, he wants to be picked up in a town car, not a limo. And oh, if you I pick didn't him know up in a limo, which is kind of funny because it's. You'd think it'd be the other way around. Right. Like he'll fine you like a certain X amount of dollars. I just heard about the amp that he, you have to get. And it's it's like, I don't remember the model, but it's a Fender, but it's worn. there's only like five of them. So uh-huh. he knows you're not going to get it. And then you have to pay him $200. And that's his spending money on the road. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's pretty brilliant. I met him once. Did you really? Yeah. Where I, was that? He was doing a show in Fort Lauderdale. He was doing, It was him and Jerry Lee Lewis at wow. the Fort Lauderdale it was a stadium, minor league baseball stadium or spring training. Wow. And at the last minute, Jerry Lee Lewis canceled. But Chuck Berry still did the show. And then I was just walking, and I walked by the stage, and he was just sitting by the side of the stage. Were you performing? No, that was, oh. a, I was like, How did you have know. access? No, this was, I didn't go backstage. I walked. It was like, a, it was an outdoor show. So okay. it was kind of just a gate. And I, I was on the other side of the gate. Yeah. And he was just sitting there. I was like, gosh, oh, should at least shake his hand. Yeah. So I did. But I, you know, I didn't talk to him or anything. But he, was he, friendly? he seemed very, yeah. He was just, you know, he yeah. stuck his hand out and smiled. Yeah. I, but I didn't bother him. But he also looked really tired, which I imagine he, he could have been. He, he was old. Hard, yeah. I love that little trick, like doing a little trick, and you're like, "There's this one amp I need." Then the only one. Then he gets his. Why doesn't he just ask for an extra two hundred bucks? I guess it's more fun this way. Yeah, I think it's like, well, you didn't come through. <laughs> Is there anyone you've ever uh, have you ever been asked to like be a hired gun with someone you didn't want to work with? Yep. We don't have to mention names. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> but why is there is a way of talking about it without? Well, I think um, there are people, there are musicians out there that um, will will do any type of music job, and I'm just not one of those people. Because I ran some hypotheticals by with John Worcester. And I like think, who he might join? Like John Roderick. I just put these, uh, I did this to him too. I just yeah. did these like, all right, Celine Dion. Yeah. 10 grand a week, first class hotels, six months. Uh, hotels on nights off. And she's really nice. Will you do it? Are you asking me that? I asked John. I think he said yes. My answer would be no. No? No. Just because you wouldn't want to play that music. Exactly. I can't do it. I can't. I feel like uh, if I'm going to be playing music, I, it's got to be something that right. I'm way into. Hope Celine Dion's not listening to this. I'm sure she We're is. not bad. He's not bad-mouthing. No. Just not, I, I actually, I actually love her music. <laughs> it's just the bass parts are, really annoy me. Yes, that's funny. That would be funny if it was really specific. I've I've always wanted to be her bass player, but <laughs> yeah. just just to fix what her bass player. Yeah. Wow. So, um, what else did we What else did we talk about last? We talked about how loud you guys play. Yeah, Bob's really loud. Super Chunk's pretty loud too. Yeah, but Bob is a whole other level of. Yeah, I heard him talking about it on uh, on Marin's thing where he's like. He's got, he's like, he went past, he went from like tinnitus to like where his head vibrates or something. It was just this crazy thing where I was like, dude, you should maybe plugs. Name is time for some plugs. He's like, yeah, I got to sleep like my ear just, it's like a volcano in there. It's like, okay, maybe your body's telling you something. Yeah. I don't see, I mean, like, I don't see how you just, 
how is he not completely stone deaf? Well, that's interesting. I just through all of this work with him, I have learned that people don't lose their hearing at the same rate as one another. Like some people have yeah, are stronger. Like our constitutions and and all matters are. Yeah, I got wimpy ears. Like I can't even like like f fireworks make me jump. Mm -hmm. I have this weird thing with sirens when they go down the street. I have to cover my ears for some reason. That really sets things off. But Bob Mould playing guitar outrageously loud. It's like a warm shower. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays out loud when you rehearse. And so. oh yeah, <laughs> there's only. I mean, it's sort of part of his brilliance is that there's only one speed for Bob. Mm -hmm. Bob doesn't take it easy. He said that before in, in our very few rehearsals. He, I remember we rehearsed in London once before a big show, and he said, "Guys, just just know that I'm gonna I'm gonna take it easy on this one." And then you know the veins are popping out of his neck, and like he's well, it'd be hard to play one of his songs and just kind of kick back, right? Unless it's like solo acoustic, but he does that too, right? Even those shows are pretty yeah <laughs> pretty intense. I've never seen one of those. Yeah, I did see Husker do in I think '87. Oh, did you? In Fort Lauderdale at the Fireman's Hall. Oh, my goodness. And he, uh, I remember vividly that he ran off stage in the middle of a song, threw up, came back on stage and was like, just like, hey, I just had to step over there for a couple seconds. You could see him throwing up. I, I, I just remember that he did it. I don't know if I saw it, but yeah. I, I probably did see it. But I felt that that's very punk rock. What was it? Eighty six, maybe? Because in eighty seven, he was he had stopped drinking. Okay, maybe it was eighty six. Probably eighty six. Could have been eighty six. Yeah. Could have been eighty. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Sorry. I think I even looked at. I know you're like when it's. Uh, he stopped drinking. <laughs> I don't want. Yeah, I want to go. I know he stopped drinking. Was it in February? Because Bob never drinks in February. Hey, was I'm he? I uh, Florida. He doesn't drink in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Even when he drank. Yeah. He took Florida off from yeah. drinking, but it was just it was kind of cool to just uh, that they were even down there. Yeah, right. That's that's a good thing about living in a place like Florida is like when that happens. Like here in New York, shows happen and you don't find out until after you've missed them or you just see, oh, it's sold out. I didn't even know that was going to happen. Something like that. Yeah. Like people knew about. I bet they flipped out. They were just. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. Um, do you like touring Europe? I do, actually. Because I've heard bands complain about it. I understand that, but maybe they haven't been to Australia yet. Oh, Australia's great. Really? <laughs> don't you love Australia? No. Oh, oh, you're saying? Oh, I don't. I misunderstood I don't what you're saying. I dislike it, but um, it's it's hard to tour the there. Flight, yeah, the flight yeah. there is brutal. Yeah, the time change is brutal, and you have to fly in between all the cities because they're so far away from each other, and it's right. And you don't have a lot of days, and you probably have days off between shows, yeah. right? So you don't get a little you don't get a little stride going. And then you go to Perth, and it's another three hour time change, and yeah, I. I like Australia. I just wish that it didn't take all that to be. You wish there. it was like just off the coast of Texas or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just, but it, it, made, was in it made Europe seem very easy to me. Yeah. yeah. Because I used to think, well, you land in Europe and whoa, this is too much. But now I just take a three hour nap and I'm fine for the whole rest of the tour. Have you played Japan? I've never been to Japan. Oh my God. Ne you? Me neither. No. We got to do that. Let's do Todd and Jason. Uh, I've even thought of like asking a band if I could do their merch when they go to Japan. Just to, just just to be to, there. Yeah. Then I would probably be there and go, I could have just booked a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to sell all these T-shirts. Why am I selling T-shirts for, for Celine Dion? For Celine Dion. She sells a lot of them. Do you, um, what's, what's going on with, is there going to be a split single tour? 
You know, right now we're just doing short trips. We just played Seattle. We just played Portland. We did the KEXP in the studio video thing, which was great. Um, we played in New York. We played at Glasslands. I know. I was there. Right, right. And uh, we're doing these Chicago, the Chicago show. I mean, really, like, it's Split Single is a great project for me, but I can't – it's got a rotating cast of – Musicians. Oh, really? It's a little collective? Well, I mean, I can't even commit to my own band. Really? I mean, with, I'm not going to quit the Bob Mould band. I'm not going to quit Superchunk. So I'm only available certain times to do it. So we we put a lot of work into videos, actually, making videos and promoting that way. And Oh, you made that video... Um that had all those that had Fred Armisen in it. That was, it was about your... It was a part of your body. What was the it? The sexiest elbows the in the world. Sexiest. Has anyone really said that to you? No, I made that. I made it up. <laughs> I just killed the whole joke. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that a real thing? I don't understand comedy. Is that a real thing? I killed that joke for you, man. Um, and we did like a making of the record video. And we actually have some, some more music videos coming out. So, you know, just trying to get the word out that way. And Do vid- I don't even know. Like, who play- no one plays. It's all YouTube, right? Well, so- now it's like, I think our last video was debuted by stereo gum so it'll be like music outlets that first yeah debut it or something and then there's a bunch of shitty comments and then it's yeah and then it, especially on av club how about oh my AV god club? they're it's amazing they're, it's a whole culture over there they're the worst yeah well i don't know if they're the worst they're it's a tie between them and every other <laughs> page they're like dead that. even with yeah i mean it's it's I, it's always good when i'm when i stop reading them and i go oh man this this just I know this is the right thing to do, like what's to be gained by right. me logging on? Right. Like all, no, even if someone says something nice, there's going to be someone who says something. Yeah. Oh yeah, there. Uh, we have uh, that undercover thing is going to come out, and I'm I just know that I'm just not even going to read. I'll I'll read that. You'll read the comments, and then you'll call me. I'll I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll sign in under a fake name. He's reading these lyrics, man. <laughs> Didn't even have the respect to memorize the song. <laughs> cheating i did that with um i did the undercover thing with mates of state did you really yeah and and one of the comments was uh what did you do we played we did uh yeah we did a replacement song we did and you played drums? yeah i did yeah oh. i was on tour with them and they just said do you want to do this thing and what do you mean you're on tour with them i did open for them for like a week oh really do you know them i've never met them but i've seen yeah. them play and uh yeah we played lincoln hall but we um yeah we did that and then someone was like some commenter was like, well, his drumming was kind of stiff. And it's like, do you think they, they have a drummer in the band? <laughs> they didn't clearly didn't care about like perfect drumming. Right. Or else they would have had the guy who plays drums who's better than me do that. <laughs> right. Like it's an AV club, drumming kind of onion stiff. thing, and they hired a comedian. Or they asked a comedian to do it. Yeah. It wasn't, like, it wasn't like my calling card to do session work or anything. Well, and you have to keep in mind that everybody that comments on there is um, – Amazing musicians. I know, but I, I know that's what I felt like. That guy was like, "I'm letting you know, I know about drumming." And uh, this guy was stiff <laughs> on the song that he rehearsed twice. Yeah, that's the thing about those when he things. Plays you just once, walk in there yeah, and yeah. Yeah. plays drums once every four years, rehearsed twice. Uh, it was a little stiff, and he's not a drummer. <laughs> and he's, he doesn't pretend to be a drummer. Uh, yeah. It wasn't the most fluid. Uh, I've, you know, I'm better. Is what I'm saying. Those things are funny too because they they interview. After you've done the song, so I'm, I'm drenched in sweat. Uh-huh. That's the first thing people see, you know. Like, so why right. did you pick the song? And it's like it's like you walked in, covered in sweat. And then oh, they see it before the song plays. 
they interview you after, but then that's the first thing they yeah, show Yeah, why don't video. they do that before? That seems, uh, it's kind of funny. The bands are just pouring with sweat when they start the... It's like that show, America's Got Talent. Do you watch that show? No. Where they, they'll interview the comedian, and then they'll go, okay, go do your set now. It's like, so you have to sort of ease out of talking to Heidi Klum. <laughs> oh, like on the stage? They yeah, like oh, they wow. talk to you, and then you just go, so anyway, uh, yeah. it's just, I mean, not some comedians have handled it well, but it's just like, how do you, you never think have that's to a, do that? How do you think that's a good idea? To, right. Unbelievable. Uh, let's see what else is there. Do you what like playing it? What? What are you doing? Are you going on tour? Oh, or it's not about me. Oh, I'm sorry. I am going on tour. I will. Uh, uh, those dates will be plugged somewhere in this podcast. I think at the beginning. I'm going to start doing my plugs at the beginning. Oh yeah. Starting with this podcast. Yeah. Because I feel like you know. You can do it at the end too. I can bookend it. Mm-hmm. This might have everything to bookend. Do you have anything to plug before we uh, say goodbye here? This time has flown. I guess just the uh, new Bob Mould record, Beauty and Ruin, is out. New split single record, Fragmented World, is out. I guess, oh, the split single website is splitsinglemusic.com. Split single music. Mm-hmm. And your Twitter is split single? Split single band. Split single band. That's not, that's not good, is it, that I mix those up? Yeah, you could probably change, you could probably change that change to music. It. I would keep them consistent. Yeah. You stole my uh, way of listing tour dates. Do so. you mind that? Yeah, no. It's so I didn't convenient. invent space. I didn't invent the list. <laughs> and no, I saw someone else do it. that. I was like, oh, I didn't even know you could do that. Like no, I saw the, someone else. Like it takes up a lot of space. And, it takes up more space. Yeah, and you can fit more things. In and it. it's just easier to read. It's easier to read. Yeah. Can you fit more stuff? Really? Well, just because um, you use the hashtag and then like NYC and then I don't know. It just feels like it's. I always like to think about. Uh, yeah, it's it's a cleaner, easier read. Yeah. I always try to think about like. How can I get this looked at by the most? Oh, I hashtag the city. Maybe I can hashtag the state also. Oh, I see. Because if people are... Because then if people are like, what's going on in Ohio? They uh, click yeah. Ohio. I didn't even think about and that. And they're like, holy shit. Todd, Todd Berry. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I clicked on the Ohio hashtag. Because <laughs> that's what you do when you're looking for comedy shows. I do. I go, I go yeah. on, oh, honey, how are we going to find a comedy show? Should we put comedy into Google? So that split single band... Yeah, that's my Twitter. And Twitter and Instagram is just my name. We gotta get you a, um, a verified account. You know all the all the uppity ups at Twitter, don't you? <laughs> That'll take you to the next level. They pay man. you a lot. To they do your, pay yeah. me a lot. They pay me. Uh, it's four dollars a tweet, which doesn't sound like a lot, but man, man, it adds up to nine forty a year. Well, thanks for doing my show, and uh, I'm looking Todd. forward to seeing you. Uh, rock out tonight. Tell him to play quiet. Oh, he'll do it. <laughs> he'll be happy too. <laughs> That would be funny. That would be funny. This is for Todd. Hey, uh, just can I take you take him aside? Hey, Todd Barry's got sensitive ears. We talked about it today. Can can you just down like 40% quieter? I think it's worth a shot. Let's do it. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Todd. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub. Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives.
Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.